So the topic today is generosity. And uh, if we are followers of Christ, we, our lives should be characterized by generosity. If we're going to be, call ourselves a follower of Christ, then we want to be like him. And more and more, we want to be more and more like him. And Jesus was a giver. Jesus was a generous giver. So if I'm going to reflect his image and become more and more like him, I have to become more and more generous in my life. It's one of the ways that we love God and love others is by being generous and being givers. Now, I know as soon as I say the topic is generosity, some of us are thinking, oh, no, this is going to be one of those messages where the pastor tells me to give more to church. So I want you to relax. That's not what this is about. This is about our lives being characterized by generosity and not just with money. Of course, yes, it means being generous with money, but not only. So what I want to do to start to help us get our minds away from this is a money talk, that this is about living generous lives, I would like us to brainstorm together a list of resources that we have that we can bring to the table, that we can bring to our lives, that we can bring to other people that say, this is something that I have in my life that I can, I can give and share. And I'll help you get started. And the way we're going to start is um, I'm going to say money. And we're going to get it up there. We're going to see if this works because we're uh, trying a new technology to see if we can develop a list as we speak them. So uh, how do we do? Did that come up? No. no. Imagine that money, the word money just appeared on the screen. <laughs> this is a test of your imaginations. Well, we can still brainstorm a list even if we can't see it up there. So what do we have? If you shouted out one or two words or three words, I'll repeat it so everyone can hear it. What kind of resources do we have in our lives that God has given us that we can share and be generous people with? Whoa, time. I heard time and time. Time, yeah, right? Time is a resource, and we can, we can give it. We can give our time. What else? Food. Yeah, we have food. Good. What else? Love. Love is a resource. Hey, all right. It's going to lag behind a little, but it'll catch up. So you get all those. We had money, time, food, love. What was it? Compassion. Shelter. Type fast, Carrie. More money. <laughs> there was one in the back. What was it? Ears. Ears. Oh, to, to listen, yeah. If you can hear, which I can't. Prayer. Prayer. Hope. Hope. Great. Laughter. Laughter. Talent. Talent. Sure. Abilities. Wisdom. Wisdom. How about um, physical strength? Can you lift stuff? That's a resource that you can share. A little louder, Ed? Height. Height. If you're tall, you can reach stuff. Sure, you can help shorter people get to the top of their cabinets. <laughs> what if you're short? You can help the tall person get the lower things. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's good. Prayer rope. <laughs> we're getting there. This, this, is a, this is a brand new thing we're, we're trying, so... Uh, I, I was, when we practiced this this morning, I said to Carrie, who's typing back there, hopefully forgiveness is going to be one of the first things people say, and we can say, forgive us that we're not getting these words up as quickly as we would like. So I'm going to put it up there, forgiveness. That's a resource we can share. How about, um, can you drive? Oh, you're going to say that? Go ahead, say it. Drive! That's a great one. Can you uh, rake leaves? Can you dig holes? These are all resources, right? Babysit. Great one. Share your self. Stuff. All kinds of stuff. 
hand-me-down clothes. You got extra clothes, you can give clothes away. I have, I have a lot of clothes in my closet I don't even wear anymore. I should just give those away, right? Toys, extra toys, video video games. Okay, <laughs> I heard one over here, but I didn't catch what it was. Writing snail mail? You mean the old-fashioned way with a pen and a paper? Yeah, I know people who still do that. It's a great resource. Isn't it wonderful to get an actual handwritten note on a real piece of paper? I don't know, I'm probably old school, but for me, that just carries a little bit more meaning than an email or a text. And it's fine to do an email and text. I do them all the time. But there's something about the written note that just says, wow, that person took the time to write slowly and, and, and put it down. Were you going to say something? Skills and abilities, whatever they are. Right? Uh, did I, did I, I was thinking before, I don't know if I said it or if I just thought it. Can you read? You can read to someone. That's a resource, right, Rich? Being a friend to someone, um, you know, couple that up with time. Sometimes just being with someone. Um, you know, when someone's going through a hard time and you don't know what to do or say, sometimes the best thing is just to be with them. Just sit with them. Just be together. Be a friend. Be a support. Be a help. Speak encouraging words, right? Uh, lend a helping hand. This is a great list of resources, and we probably could go on and on and continue. Anyone have any more? I'm sure we could just, we could spend our whole time generating the resources that we have that we can give and share enthusiasm Enthusiasm. how about a positive outlook on life is encouragement up there Uh, well our list is maybe getting too long for the screen but these are the kinds of things that we can be generous with that we can bring to our lives and the lives of others as we love God and love other people Um, I think that we have an unfair advantage as followers of Christ in this, on this list of resources. And this phrase, unfair advantage, uh, has been in my mind for a little while because a couple months back, some of the leaders at church here met with a church consultant just to talk about how can we improve how we're doing things at Crossroads, to pick his brain, to get ideas. And in that conversation, he asked the question, what's, what's Crossroads' unfair advantage? And he explained it this way. He says, every church has an unfair advantage. It's that uh, every church is uniquely positioned to do something that other churches can't do. For example, maybe an unfair advantage we have at Crossroads is the fact that we meet in a school. If there were churches that wanted to do some kind of ministry in a school, we've got an unfair advantage. We're already here. So that's a topic for another day that very soon I'm going to share some thoughts with you about what I think our unfair advantages are here at Crossroads so that we can capitalize on those. But I think on this list, if I call myself a follower of Christ, if I say I'm going to be like Jesus and I follow him, I have an unfair advantage. In the, I, you know, I'm pointing to the back of the room. You're probably wondering why. The list is up there, right? Yeah, because I have one in the back of the room. This list, this list, we have an unfair advantage in, in this list of resources. Why is that? Do you agree with me? And if you do, why, why would I say that we have an unfair advantage in this list of resources, in being able to share and give these kinds of things? Because we're not working out of our own power. Because God has poured these things into our life. The Bible says, I can forgive because God forgave me. I can love because God poured his love into my heart. I can be patient because God's patient with me. I can have mercy because, thank God, he had mercy on me. The more God fills me, the more I'm able to give these things. 
There's a verse in the New Testament that says, God will bless you and make you rich in every way. We're not just talking about money, because there are a lot of churches out there that, that teach that if you're a follower of Christ, you should be wealthy. I don't think the Bible teaches that. This passage says, God will make you rich in every way. That means rich in hope, in love, in forgiveness, in mercy, in kindness, so that, the rest of that verse says, so that you can bless other people, so that you, will, you can be generous at all times. So we're supposed to be generous people, and we're supposed to be generous people in these kinds of things. So what I'd like to do in the next 15 minutes or so is go through um, three levels of giving so we can understand different different levels of giving. And the, the three levels are giving, giving generously, and giving sacrificially. And each one gets a little bit deeper and a little bit harder. So we'll start with giving. And this is, I just... I categorized these three things. I made my own definitions for them so you can decide whether you agree or not and I won't be hurt if you have a different list or different definitions. But I thought about giving as it's kind of sharing out of what I have. If I have two things, I give you one, I have one. I could keep them both, but I want to be a giving person, so I'll share one with you. If I have two coins, I keep one, I give you one. If I have two cookies, I keep one, I give you one. This is a, the basic level of giving is sharing from what I have. And there's a scripture verse that talks about this. When John the Baptist was on the scene and he was saying, get ready because Jesus is coming, get ready because the Messiah is here, and he called people to turn back to God, they did. They said, what do you want us to do, John? What should we do? What kind of good things should we do to show that we're changing, that we're giving our hearts back to God? And this was his answer in Luke chapter 3, verse 11. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Basic level of giving, John is saying. If you have two coats, give one to someone who doesn't have one. If you have two sets of shoes, give a pair to someone who's barefoot. If you have two shirts, give one. If you have two meals, give one. It's basic giving. It's basic sharing. And we as Christ followers should excel in this. It should characterize our daily lives. That we go through our days thinking, how do I share what I have? And this kind of giving doesn't leave me in need. It doesn't leave me hurting. It doesn't leave me wanting. There's a little bit of a sacrifice in it, right? I'd like to keep my two coats. I'd like them both. But there's someone freezing who has no coat. So I look at that and say, I should give one away. I have a coat and you have a coat. And we do this. There are examples of this. I saw a great example of this just this past week in my life. I drove to my friend Scott's house to pick him up to go to the gym. And he came out of his house with a plate of brownies. It's one of the best ways to prepare for a workout is to eat a plate of brownies. (laughs) And he got in the car and he said, I imagine Kim made them because they were delicious. And uh, he said, I have brownies and I have so many I wanted to bring you some to share them with you. That's this level of giving. And I said, Scott, the best part about this is on Sunday you can check that off your list. You don't have to sit in your seat feeling guilty while I'm talking because you've done it. Because he tells me often he just sits there feeling so guilty that he can't measure up to everything I'm teaching. Scott, today you get a star. (laughs) I have... I have a whole batch of brownies. I'm going to share them with you. That's giving. Uh, And people do that in our congregation all the time. Robin Stanio, who happens to be away on vacation today, I know a while back, I think she's still doing it, she was going to the convalescent home regularly to paint the nails of the women who live there. Just to sit with them, spend some time with them, be a companion, and pretty up their nails. That's giving. I'm going to share some of my time. I have a lot of time. Not that she had, I don't mean she has a lot of extra time, we're all really busy, but she said time is a resource, I'm going to take some of that and give it away. Andre over here, who some of you know, sitting next to Charlie in the second row, I learned a while back that Andre started making blankets, because he can, 
He knows how to make blankets. And he decided, I'm going to take some of my time and my talent, and I'm going to make blankets and give them to the people at the Bridgeport Rescue Mission. So in the winter months, they won't be cold. That's the kind of giving that should characterize our daily lives. And it happens a lot around here. It's very, I commend us all because I think we try to think this way. How do I love God and love other people and give of myself and give of what I have? All right, second level, going from giving, is to giving generously. So this is giving more. Um, an, uh, an example of that is in the book of Acts. And uh, it was where the people were selling their property and bringing the money to the apostles so they can distribute it to the poor. Let me read the passage. It's in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. It says, At this time, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. I think that's an example of this kind of giving. It's very generous. This man Barnabas, as well as others, he had a field. And maybe it was an extra field. It wasn't the one he was living in by the description. It wasn't the one his house was on. He didn't sell it and, and go into a life of poverty. As far as you can tell from this passage, maybe he did, but it doesn't look like that. So he took this field and he said, okay, I don't know if I really need this field, so I'm going to sell it. And I'm going to take all the money that I get from this field and I'm going to give it to the apostles so they can distribute it to the poor. It was a big gift. It was generous. It probably hurt a bit. It cut into his stuff. We should be generous like that. Where we give to where it hurts. Where it's hard to give. It's hard to give brownies when you have a whole tray and you're going to give half of them away, I admit. But it's really hard to sell a field and give all the profit from that. This is generous giving, and it's, it's not always measured by the amount of money in the gift as much as it is by the amount of sacrifice. And so these people in the early church, they were making these sacrifices. They were selling properties off that they had that they could have kept, maybe saved toward their own retirement, maybe given to their children as an inheritance. And those are all good things to do. But they felt moved by the plight of the poor to sell off some of what they have and give it away. It's generous giving. I've seen generous giving in our congregation. I saw an amazing example of it just a couple months back when we were doing our walk for Kenya. Uh, Many of you know, but some of you may not, that we support a school in Nairobi, Kenya, in a little village called Jathaini. And the children who go to that school live in the worst poverty and under the worst abuses you can imagine when they are in the village. The school rescues them. They come to the school and they have a safe environment for eight hours a day where they're loved, where they're fed, where they're protected, where they're taught, where they're introduced to Jesus. And we support that school financially. We are about their only means of support to keep that school running. So we did a fundraiser, Walk for Kenya, which was a 5K fun run and walk. And so many of you gave generously to that. You went online and registered to participate in that event, even many of you who couldn't make it that day, because you said to me, I have something else to do, I can't be there, but I'm going to register anyway so that the money can be donated. We had people who just wrote pretty sizable checks 
and said, I can't be a part of the walk, but here, put this in and add it to the donations. We were able to send, um, uh, uh, Kevin, where are you, Kevin? What did we send, $4,000 over? And we may be, we're still settling, uh, we're waiting for some of the money to get cleared from the registration website we use. Uh, we may be able to send some more, but because of your generosity, this was not just giving at the basic level, this was giving a little bit more, uh, above and beyond what you already give. And uh, it, it blessed me to see that, to look around and say, there are generous people at Crossroads who were moved by the need of the children in this school so much that they gave. They gave of their resources. And some of the giving probably hurt a little bit. It cut into what you might have spent on yourself. Now, nobody lost their house over it. Nobody made huge sacrifices as far as I know. But it was generous giving. So we have giving. We have generous giving. And then what I'm calling sacrificial giving. Uh, This is when you're not giving from your surplus. You're not giving from your extra. You're not just giving generously. What you're giving is cutting into what you have. What you're giving might mean you're going to go without. It's a sacrifice. It means I'm going to give up a meal and not eat and give that money to someone else. It's not I have two cookies and I'm going to share one. It's I have two cookies and I'm giving them both away. So I don't get a cookie. It's a sacrifice. And that giving affects us. And at times, as followers of Christ, we should give this way. We should give where it hurts to give. Where it's a stretch to let that thing go. Whether it's your time, whether it's your money, whether it's your love, whether it's your forgiveness, whether it's your patience, kindness, goodness, any of those things that we brainstormed in the list, sometimes it costs you to give it away. That's sacrificial giving. Here's an example of it. Um, Jesus and the disciples were in the temple, and they were people watching. Do you like the people watch? I love the people watch. Um, we, we go to the mall or something to go shopping, Heidi shopping, I'm watching people, because people are so fascinating in, in how they act and behave. And so Jesus and his disciples were in the temple courts, people watching. And a woman came up. They had uh, basins in the temple court right out in the open where people could drop their offerings in. And they were really narrow at the top and wide at the bottom. You know why? So you could put your money in, but you couldn't get your hand in there to get it out. It was a great design. We're going to have one of these in Crossroads. (laughs) And it's going to be really big with an opening just big enough for checks and credit cards and, and coins and bills. That's what they had. And the people came by and they threw their offerings in there. And Jesus mentioned this. Here we are in Mark 12, verses 41 through 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor woman came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now there's nothing wrong with giving out of your wealth. If you have extra and you want to give, give it. Like the, the people who sold their properties and gave it to the early church. If you have a surplus and you want to give from that, give it. We're supposed to be generous in all kinds of ways. But we're also supposed to be generous like that widow. She had two copper coins. Jesus said it was all she had. But she gave it. It was a sacrifice. And by Jesus' words, I can tell God blessed her for it. And sometimes we should give that way. We should be people as followers of Christ who are generous with all of our resources so that we give, we give generously, and sometimes give sacrificially. There was a a great example of that 
in our Crossroads family just a few weeks ago, and I asked for permission to share this story, and uh, the woman said I could share it, but not to use her name, because she doesn't want the credit, she just wants the story to encourage people. Um, So there's a a woman in our Crossroads family who, in addition to her full-time job, she makes jewelry on the side, beautiful jewelry, and she'll have parties where she sells the jewelry. And she was so moved by the need of the children at Grace Community Education Center that we support in Nairobi, Kenya. She had the idea of having a jewelry party and giving the proceeds to the school. So she said, God, I'm going to have this party. I've made all this jewelry. It's prepared to go like I normally would sell. But every penny I make is going to go to that school. Whatever I sell, I don't know how much I'm going to sell, but I'm going to have this party. It'll be like an open house. I'll invite people. They'll drop in. I'll sell my jewelry. I'll give it to the school. So a couple weeks ago, right after church on a Sunday, she met me out in the lobby, and she handed me a little over $500. And she said, send this all to the school, every penny. This is every penny I made from my, my jewelry sale that night. Now, that's a great example of giving. It's a good example of giving generously, too. $500 is a pretty good chunk of money. But I know the story. I know the family. They could use that $500 themselves. That's why she sells jewelry. She sells it because she likes to make it, but they also need the extra income. This was an example of a sacrifice. When you have $500 and you have your own needs to meet, and you give that $500 to someone who has more needs than you because God has moved in your heart that way, that's sacrificial giving. And God blesses that. And that's what she did. It was a great example to me of someone's heart who was so moved that they were willing to go without to help meet the need of someone else. That's what Jesus was like, right? Jesus didn't just give. Jesus didn't just give generously. Jesus gave sacrificially to the point of his very life. He gave everything. And if we're going to be like him, we have to be the same way and to be willing to give ourselves, giving giving generously and giving sacrificially. All right, I'm going to end this now just uh, finally getting to our actual passage. We've been going through the book of 2 Corinthians, and we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm actually going to read a chunk of chapter 8 and a chunk of chapter 9. I'm not going to stop to comment on it, I promise. I will restrain myself. Uh, But I want you to just look for and listen for examples in this passage of giving, giving generously, and giving sacrificially, because Paul was commending the Corinthian church for all the things they did wrong and all the messes they made and how they, they uh, really had to learn how to love God and love others all over again, one of the things they were doing right was they were being generous people. So watch for the examples of those as I read through. And that, Paul writes, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testified that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here's my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year... 
you were the first not only to give but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality, as it is written. The one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Then I'm going to jump to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. We're called to be generous people. So I want to end our time, our teaching time, just to give you a little bit of time of reflection. So take this moment, sit before God, close your eyes and say, God, what are you telling me? Or maybe he already has. Maybe as I've been talking through this, an idea has come into your mind about something you can share or something you can give of your time or yourself or your resources. Or maybe for you it's, I really should be doing this. What should I do? Take this time to ask God, what should I do? Um, And I'll just uh, let you and God have a little time together and then I'll close us in prayer. Lord Jesus, sometimes being generous is hard um, because I want to keep and hold on to everything I have. And I'm afraid if I give things away, I might run out. So help me to be courageous, to be brave, and to be bold and have faith and to believe that you will supply all my needs no matter what. And to thank you, Lord, for your example of sacrificial giving for us and how you poured out your love and your very life. 
Help us to be like that. Help us to be just like you in this world, in our lives today, and to pour ourselves out for others, to really love you and love others like we say we want to do. And we do it in your name. Amen.